0: Hi, and welcome to the Renew Ministries podcast. We're so thankful that you chose to listen to us today, and we pray that you are blessed by this message by Pastor Pam Otten. So tonight we are on on Nehemiah 11 and Nehemiah 12. I'm doing them together, and I'm only going to read a few verses from Nehemiah 11 and 12. Um, What is happening in Nehemiah 11 is that the people are... Um, are going to be settling back into Jerusalem that are going to live there. And then in Nehemiah 12, um, they dedicate the wall of Jerusalem. So first from Nehemiah 11, um, it's this section, just the first few verses is titled The New Residence of Jerusalem. Now the leaders of the people settled in Jerusalem. The rest of the people cast lots to bring one out of every 10 of them to live in Jerusalem. I want you to make sure you catch that. One out of every ten of them to live in Jerusalem, the holy city, while the remaining nine were to stay in their own towns. The people commended all who volunteered to live in Jerusalem. These are the provincial leaders who settled in Jerusalem. Now some Israelites, priests, Levites, temple servants, and descendants of Solomon's servants lived in the towns of Judah, each on their own property in the various towns while other people from both Judah and Benjamin lived in Jerusalem. And then the rest of the chapter again, as is typical in Nehemiah, he specifically names by name all of the people, so I'm not going to read all the names. In Nehemiah 12, we see the dedication of the wall of Jerusalem, and I'm going to start with selected verses, um, starting with verse 27. At the dedication of the wall of Jerusalem, The Levites were sought out from where they lived and were brought to Jerusalem to celebrate joyfully the dedication with songs of thanksgiving and with the music of cymbals, harps, and lyres. Verse 30, when the priests and Levites had purified themselves ceremonially, they purified the people, the gates, and the wall. Verse 43, and on that day they offered great sacrifices, rejoicing because God had given them great joy. The women and the children also rejoiced. The sound of rejoicing in Jerusalem could be heard far away. At that time, men were appointed to be in charge of the storerooms for the contributions, first fruits, and tithes. And then finally, verse 47 So in the days of Zerubbabel and of Nehemiah, all Israel contributed the daily portions for the musicians and the gatekeepers. They also set aside the portion for the other Levites, and the Levites set aside the portion for the descendants of Aaron. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. So I titled this message, God Uses Ordinary. And what I mean by that is God uses ordinary people. He uses ordinary places. He uses ordinary things and circumstances all for his extraordinary plan. So it was a glorious celebration and dedication of the wall of Jerusalem. I imagine though, it was nothing compared to the parades and ceremonies and things that Nehemiah experienced when he was back in Persia. The music might have been good, and if you look at um, Nehemiah 12, you'll see that they had several choirs actually up on the wall The wall was that big and wide that they could actually have choirs marching along the walls. So they had the antiphonal choirs singing back and forth to each other. And that probably was really great, but it was probably better music in Persia. The temple was rebuilt, but it was likely no comparison to the palace in Persia where Nehemiah came from and was the cupbearer. Nehemiah left had what had to be one of the most impressive places in the world of that time. He left it to go to Jerusalem, a broken-down city full of rubble that didn't even have walls. When Nehemiah arrived, the rubble was so thick that he couldn't even get through it as he went to try and inspect the walls. Then there were those... Pesky, persistent outside leaders that kept trying, them, get, trying to get them to stop building. The whole situation was really a mess from the get-go, and it would have been really easy for them to give up. So I want you to think about it. This is what God was doing in the world at that time. He was using that city, if you can call it a city, that broken-down city full of rubble, That's where God's kingdom was being advanced in that time. It wasn't being advanced in Persia, back where all the fancy palaces and probably wonderful music and lots of servants and great food and all that was happening. It was happening in Jerusalem, the holy city. That's where God was at work. I'm going to read Nehemiah 11 verses 1 and 2 again. Now the leaders of the people settled in Jerusalem. The rest of the people about this, cast lots to bring one out of every ten of them to live in Jerusalem, the holy city, while the remaining nine decided to stay in their own towns. The people commended all who volunteered to live in Jerusalem. So they cast lots. They cast lots because the people didn't want to live in Jerusalem. It was dangerous to live there. If an army came through, where would they focus their attention? They would focus their attention on the walled city. So living in Jerusalem at that time was like painting a target on your back. An invading army probably wouldn't bother with all the homes that were scattered out in the hills. They would focus on where the concentration of people was, where the money was, where the resources were, and where the people of influence were. Jerusalem would have been the main point of attack. Also, if you lived in Jerusalem, you would have less land. In the world of that day, land was where prosperity was. Land was necessary for crops and flocks and herds to keep you going. If you had land outside Jerusalem, but you were living in a city, who would take care of your land? You wouldn't be able to do it, so you would have to hire people to take care of your land. So living in Jerusalem not only jeopardized their security, it also affected their prosperity. So they had to force people. They had to force people by casting lots. In other words, they drew straws to see who would be the fortunate ones that would live in Jerusalem. Those who drew the short straw had to be there. Verse 1 tells us that Jerusalem was the holy city. Jerusalem was a city where God chose to live. But it was not good for the people to live there. Land and safety probably kept the 9 out of 10 families remaining in the other towns. They just felt that it was a better place to be. Either way, the people who willingly gave themselves to live in Jerusalem were putting God's plan over their personal desires. I'll say that again. The people that lived there were putting God's plan over their personal desires. I believe they did this because of what Jerusalem was about, because they got it, that Jerusalem was the kingdom of God. And Jerusalem was where God was at work in the world at that time, as unimpressive and dangerous as it may have seemed. Because it says in those verses that they had to cast lots, right? They cast lots, and those people really were forced to to make make that decision. Others apparently volunteered. And those are the people that I'm talking about that seem to really get it that it was about the kingdom of God. At that point in human history, God was pursuing his program in the world through the holy city, despite all the rubble that was still there. Jerusalem was, as I said, God's place to live, his holy city. The people were devoted to God that were there, and they worshipped him in the temple, rather than being most concerned about their own lives. They were pursuing God's kingdom and the worship of God in Jerusalem rather than their own safety and prosperity. That's why in verse 2 it says the people were commended or they were blessed for living and offering to live in Jerusalem. (coughs) God uses ordinary people, places, and things to accomplish his extraordinary plan. You may have seen uh, the next slide that I have up here uh, titled, He Calls the Unqualified. This uh, particular slide I've seen in many different versions, but I happen to like this one. It's from Toby Mack. And, and it talks about all a number of people of the Bible and what they were. This is, this is getting as real as it gets. So if you think that, I'm just going to say the point right up, right up front so that you can think about it as we're going through this list. If you think God can't use you, take a look at this. Noah was a drunk. His sons found him in his tent, drunk. Abraham was too old, even though God promised him that he was going to have children as many as the sands by the sea, he was too old to conceive a child. Jacob was a liar. He got his inheritance by lying to his father. Leah was ugly. Lots of women can relate to that. Joseph was abused. His brothers left him to die. Moses was a stuttering criminal. He he told God, I don't have a voice that can speak. And he had killed an Egyptian. And yet God called him to go back to them. Samson was promiscuous. He slept around. Jeremiah was depressed. And if you don't believe me, read Jeremiah. David had an affair with Bathsheba and then killed her husband so that he could have her. Elijah was mentally unbalanced and suicidal. Isaiah preached naked. There's a visual for you. When God called Jonah, how did he respond? He ran away. Naomi was an old widow. And yet, through Ruth, her daughter-in-law, the lineage down to Jesus was preserved. Job went bankrupt. Peter betrayed Jesus, the one that the Lord said, on this rock I will build my church. The disciples fell asleep in the Garden of Gethsemane when Jesus needed them the most. Martha was a worrier and she made sure everybody knew it. The Samaritan woman was a multiple divorcee. The Lord knew this and called it out and said, you've had many men. Zacchaeus was greedy. He was a tax collector. And the tax collectors in those days were known for collecting more taxes than they were really owed. Paul was ingrained in another religion. In other words, he was too busy persecuting Christians to listen to the voice of the Lord. Timothy was too young and had ulcers. He had stomach issues. Some of us can relate to anxiety. And Lazarus, one of the most amazing things that Jesus did, miracles on this earth, Lazarus was dead, and yet he was used for the glory of God. So if you are thinking that God can't use you, that you are unqualified, I, I would hope that this would speak really clearly to you that, that um, you have no excuse and we're all in good company. Many of the people that are mentioned in that graphic are, are also mentioned in Hebrews chapter 11, the chapter that says by faith, by faith, by faith. Many of those same people, that's the faith that they had. None of the people mentioned were super special before God called them. They all had this in common. They had faith to believe that God was telling them, and they were obedient to do what he asked them to do. I ask you, is the Holy Spirit talking to you right now? Has he convicted you of anything yet? In 1 Corinthians 1, verses 26 to 31, it says, Brothers and sisters, think of what you were when you were called. Not many of you were wise by human standards. Not many were influential. Not many were of noble birth. But God chose the foolish things of the world to shame the wise. God chose the weak things of this world to shame the strong. God chose the lowly things of this world and the despised things and the things that are not, to nullify the things that are, so that no one may boast before him. It is because of him that you are in Christ Jesus, who has become for us the wisdom from God, that is, our righteousness, holiness, and redemption. Therefore, as it is written, let the one who boasts, boast in the Lord. If you are feeling really weak tonight, I have some more verses for you. 2 Corinthians 12, verses 9 to 10. My grace is sufficient for you, for my power is made perfect in weakness. Therefore I will boast all the more gladly about my weaknesses, so that Christ's power may rest on me. That is why, for Christ's sake, I delight in weaknesses, in insults, in hardships, in persecutions, in difficulties. For when I am weak, then I am strong. So what is God doing today? What is God doing today in the world? He's building churches made up of seemingly unimportant, ordinary people who have normal lives, normal problems, just as he's done in the past. Have you ever had a conversation or a situation where you thought afterwards, how in the world did that happen? Because it was so opposite of what you expected? And what I've been experiencing this week, so far especially, is favor in very unexpected places that I have not seen coming, didn't expect, just didn't think would ever happen that only God could have arranged. It was nothing that I did to deserve it, which makes it really amazing. Last night was National Night Out, and if you're not familiar with National Night Out, it is a it's a national thing, just like it says, it happens all over the United States on the same day every every year. And what it is, it's a community um, event that is designed to to have law enforcement in particular be friendly with the community and so they get together um, they have you know a few people come and speak and um, Crime Stoppers and you know the mayor and law enforcement they, they give little speeches and then and then people walk around the neighborhood and it's at a different park every year this year it happened to be at N Park and Um, I knew that Mary Pfister from the upper room normally uh, has a table at this event and I've gone to it actually the last couple of years so I was kind of familiar with with what happens. Uh, I called her yesterday yesterday morning and I said, you know, Mary, would it be okay if I would come and sit at your table and bring some of Renew's information and, and talk about Renew? And she said, well, that would be great except I'm not coming, I'm not going this year. But she said, I know the organizer, and she said, I will just send her an email and say you're coming and representing the upper room. So I got some things together at the last minute. Cindy brought me some Bibles, got some flyers for the upper room and for renew, and um, tried to find someone to go with me. Harriet went at the last minute. And so we got there, and the first amazing thing was that when we got there, there was there was more, there was a whole, it was like kind of like circling the wagons around the opening area, opened area, and there was lots of organizations there. I have been, the, this is the third year that I've been to it, I have never seen this many organizations there. There was at least a dozen, probably more different organizations that were there. So that was the first thing that was really unusual, and it made me feel a lot better, because we weren't just going to be at a table off somewhere where nobody else was. We were part of a very organized circle of, of organizations. So that was that was really great. Um, just the fact that the event was much larger, every year gets much bigger, there was hundreds of people that came to this thing. and Just to celebrate a safe night out in our city. There's a lot of uh, community connections that were available to be made there. And we talked with many people about Renew, which was a, a big blessing, handed out flyers and, and cards uh, that have our information on about our Wednesday worship night. Um, I was able to speak with the head of the event and, and she, as she came around and greeted everyone. And also um, we, Harriet and I were able to pray with a number of people which was very public. Think about this. You're in a park, in the wide out, in the open. We have our big yellow need prayer sign that we put outside on Wednesday nights. And people people saw our sign and we could see them walk from all the way on the other side of the circle intentionally across the open green toward us to receive prayer. And just walked up to us and said, I need prayer. It was such a beautiful thing. And then, right out in front of all these people as witnesses, we were able to pray. And it, it, was, just, it was just absolutely wonderful. And we just felt the favor of God all over that. Uh, we had the opportunity to talk to the mayor about our ministry, which was, which was really unexpected and, and wonderful as well. Got some good advice from him. So these are the kinds of things that, that I'm talking about when I say when we think that we are weak, God shows himself strong. And he'll put us in places and situations that we just don't see. I didn't plan on this before yesterday. It just all came together at the last minute and and God showed up and, and really showed himself strong. So, I want you to think, and I'm going to talk just a few minutes more. I want you to think, because we have time. I want you to think about if there's a situation that you, or a, a conversation or a place that God put you in recently, that you had the opportunity to give him all the glory and he showed himself strong on your behalf. I would love to hear some of your stories tonight. And we're going to give you the opportunity right up here so that we can record it. I'll say this um, before, before we open it, open it up. We've had very humble beginnings here at Renew Ministries. I think all of us um, would agree that we've had very humble beginnings. I believe that the Lord is deliberately doing this so that we remain humble. And so that when, when he raises us up and does what we know the Lord is going to do, we will never be able to be prideful and take any of the glory from him. Everything this ministry does is going to be by his hand and through his power and for his glory. His plans for renew are extraordinary through ordinary people. He's using ordinary people like us to make it happen. All we need to do is to see where God is already working in our world. Just like Nehemiah did in Jerusalem. He was obedient and faithful to go where God was sending him, even though he had it wonderful where he was. He was obedient to go, knowing that it was going to be difficult, that it was going to be hard. And he was a cupbearer. He wasn't a builder, and yet God put him in charge of building the walls of Jerusalem. So we see where God is working in the world, and we're faithful and obedient to follow him into it. God be all the glory. Thank you so much for listening to the Renew Ministries podcast. If you want to get in contact with us, please visit our Facebook page, Renew Ministries Sheboygan. We look forward to hearing from you.